Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. We have a very special topic. We're going to talk about what seniors should do once they've been vaccinated. And we're going to go ahead and work on the assumption that y'all have all been vaccinated or you're planning to very soon if that hasn't already happened. And I have a very special guest with me to help us have this discussion, um, a doctor, a physician from Cleveland Clinic. You may have heard of it. I'm pretty sure you have. Dr. Ronan Fectora. He is um, a specialist in geriatrics. Um, doctor, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Why not? Thank you so much. Why don't you? I don't think you need to speak on the Cleveland Clinic because everybody's heard of that, right? But tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been there, and why you chose to work with seniors. Okay. So um, I'm a geriatrician by trade. Uh, I've been at the Cleveland Clinic since 2003. So I, I, geriatric is a field of delivering medical care to folks over the age of 65. Mm-hmm. And I really got interested in, in, in this particular area uh, when I was in medical school and I was doing a rotation at Cleveland Clinic in Florida. And, and what I discovered was that these doctors, the geriatricians, they weren't just great at managing uh, medical problems uh, that people had. They were really very focused on trying to keep a person independent. So it's not just about treating the disease, but also looking to see how that disease, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is affecting a person's ability to be independent as possible and trying to reduce that impact on that person so a person can live life uh, as fully and as, as long as possible. So I thought that that was really uh, a great focus, and, and that's what really got me interested in geriatric medicine. And God bless you for that, because I understand that we need more and more young people who are willing to specialize in this area. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so thank you for being interested. And you've been at the Cleveland Clinic for a very long time. What a year we have had, 2020 and, yeah, and now these past few months. Um, I started by saying we're going to work on the assumption that everyone either has been vaccinated, if you're 65 or older, or you plan to do it soon. Um, how do you feel about that? Obviously, you encourage the vaccine. Absolutely. I think that uh, vaccinations uh, allows uh, individuals to actually do a lot more than what they were doing last year. I know we've all been through this experience, lockdown, uh, social distancing, stuck mm-hmm. at home, trying to find things to do away from friends, away from family, uh, away from many of the activities with our community, our churches that really make life worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And now we're, st- we're starting to see solutions to how we can get back to normal. And, and one of those interventions, one of those solutions does include vaccination. So I think that that's a great uh, 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 intervention. There's something really good that's offered to people. And we should take advantage of this because we all want to get back to the type of life that we were living before the pandemic. Do you think we will? Do you think we'll get back to normal? So I know that there's going to be changes. Uh, and, you know, normal it is a relative term, I guess. Yeah. The goal is to get closer to normal because we're. It, it doesn't sound like we're going to get rid of coronavirus. It's going to be around uh, unless we find a way to eradicate it. And, I don't, and that's not something that I'm hearing the scientists say. What we're trying to do 
is find a way to live with it, to live with the risk, mm-hmm. to protect ourselves from the health risks associated with this illness, so that we can try to uh, go around, go about our daily lives with fewer of uh, the restrictions that we've had, like the mask, like the social distancing, like the smaller group gathering, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and 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 try to live with this risk as as much as possible with less fear, less fear that we're going to end up dying, less fear that we're going to end up being hospitalized, less fear that we're going to be transmitting this virus to others around us, particularly those who are at higher risk for bad outcomes from this disease. Yeah. Um, and we live with other risk, right? We've, we've learned to manage other risk along the way. Um, this is a new one, though. Yes, that's right. Right. So, I mean, we, yeah. What do what should seniors do once they've been vaccinated? How does that change the equation or how does it change their lifestyle? So, you know, think about the, uh, the things that we're not able to do now. Now, we have been instructed or recommended to uh, avoid close contact, uh, avoid large crowds, you know, even spend time away from family, particularly if you're older, particularly if you have certain medical problems. So the vaccine opens the door uh, for you to feel safer mm-hmm. to engage in some of these activities. And, and really the safest one is if you spend time with someone else who's vaccinated. So if you know you're in a room uh, or with other people who have been vaccinated, chances of transmission between you are going to be very, very low. In mm-hmm. fact, there's some recommendations that you can actually be in the same room with these people, maskless, which is great. Now you can see someone else's face. You can talk to them face-to-face. You can see the expressions on the face and all the things that we're used to uh, uh, with, with, uh, understanding with regards to communication in between people. It's all going to take place again. We don't have to worry about the mask getting in the way. Yeah. So, and that includes you know, friends. That includes family. Uh, right now, the family is going to be mostly the adults. You know, we're, we're at that point now where we've got the uh, people, the, the young kids 16 and above who are, who may be eligible for the vaccine. And we're now approaching the possibility that we're going to have people age 12 and up now, uh, uh, eligible for the vaccine. So that's all good. So we can, we can start to spend more time. It is, especially to friends, if you're, closer to family. if you've yeah. been missing those grandchildren, right? And, that's and correct. Yeah, yeah. We I, know that so many seniors, that's a big hole in your life. It is. It is. Now, it's, it's still a little tricky. Now, if you've got young grandkids mm-hmm. uh, under the ages where they've been unvaccinated, uh, uh, we, uh, for the most part, kids are unlikely to get the coronavirus in schools. Many schools have implemented many, uh, many of these protocols to keep the kids safe. But it's the stuff that happens outside of school, meeting with friends, mingling with friends, going from place to place. Um, the the uh, extracurricular activities, that's where the chance of them getting the virus is going to be still higher. Mm-hmm. And so we have to still be wary of that now when we spend time with the grandkids. So uh, in that circumstance, you really want to know where the grandkids have been at. Now, if you're really concerned about uh, uh, getting it from them or them transmitting it to you. But, you know, again, the vaccine protects you uh, uh, substantially, particularly from risk of the severe illnesses. So you, you can feel a little bit more confident, especially if you know where your family's been at, if they've been quarantining or been to themselves, staying in that bubble, then you know you're probably going to be okay giving them a hug, having them sit next to you, you know, really uh, getting close to them. Now, those are the things that we really miss 
uh, during this pandemic is, is that close contact. You used a term. I want to talk about that for just a minute because I know there's confusion around it. We talk about the bubble, and I think we mean the people we actually live with, right? Not just the people yes. we're related to. True. That, that's, that's absolutely true. Now, everyone has their bubble, uh, and then there's different different kind of terms for the bubble. For sure, you have the bubble of the people who live underneath your own household. You know where everyone's been at. Mm-hmm. But some people have expanded that bubble to include close friends and family that they know have been, you know, really limited in terms of where they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're no, if you're very well aware of the whereabouts uh, and, where, and the and the goings on of uh, friends and family, uh, who they've been in contact with, where they've gone to, then you can have confidence that they're not going to be bringing in. Uh, coronavirus from some other location outside of that bubble that we're talking about. So uh, the bubble itself, the term bubble, can be applied to that circumstance as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think we've reached a point where we can stop worrying about getting it from groceries or books or surfaces? Is it mostly people or should we still be concerned with um, cleaning everything five times a day? (laughs) So I, I know that there's also there's emerging evidence that shows that we shouldn't worry too much about the surfaces of items. You know, most of the transmission takes place is going to take place uh, in the air, okay? mm-hmm. so, so respiratory particles. And this is the reason for the social distancing. This is the reason for the mask wearing, not so much to protect yourself, but to protect others around you yeah. uh, from uh, from actually transmitting the, the virus. And it's often going to be the people who don't have symptoms. You know, many people who get coronavirus, they don't have any symptoms at all. And, and that's the most likely reason why it gets spread. You know, we've been so attuned to watching out for fever, watching out for cough, watching out for all these symptoms associated mm-hmm. with coronavirus. But if you typically feel sick, you know, many people will feel responsible enough to say, hey, you know, I don't feel well. I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to go to, to, to visit with my family. I'll even cover myself off. I have to get the COVID test to see whether or not there's a problem. So, and that, circumstance that's a trigger for you to go ahead and and keep yourself and the people around you safe right but it's the ones who are not aware that's really where there's greater danger mm-hmm. and, that, and that's why the, the mask wearing until we get to that point where we reach herd immunity is still very important now let me ask you this because um, we've got some holidays approaching and um, i have to tell you i was okay with thanksgiving being very small but Christmas hurt my heart. <laughs> I'm still not over yeah. it. And we've got we've got some time, but we've got um, you know some summer holidays coming up: um, Memorial Day, and then the Fourth of July and Labor Day. What is your best advice? How do we go about this? Is it proceed with caution? Um, can we have family over? Does it depend if they've been vaccinated? Should we be asking everyone who attends? that they've been vaccinated? And what about the people who are in the middle? Like they've had the first vaccine, but not the second. I know I'm throwing all kinds of stuff at you, but yeah, what do you yeah. say to that? So, yeah, yeah you, you just, I think what you have to do is you have to listen to what the science says, and then you have to think about the context that you're going to apply this to. So if you're going to be with family and you know that these people, that, that, that your family members have been vaccinated, you have to worry. Okay, Small groups close family members that you're aware of or even people, friends that you're aware of that have been vaccinated or have been keeping to themselves, have been isolated, it's going to be generally safe. Now, okay. You know, particularly vaccinated individuals inside, outdoors even safer. Okay? Yeah. 
uh, when you're vaccinated and you do something outdoors, even people who are unvaccinated, uh, meeting outdoors with them is still going to be safer. You know, mm-hmm. indoors, there's higher risk. But outdoors, small groups, uh, even with unvaccinated individuals, you know, more confident if they're vaccinated, more confident if you're aware of where they've been, you know, uh, if, they've, if they've been traveling quite a bit, if you think that they've been exposed, then maybe there's a little bit of higher risk. But uh, you know, and then, and then for sure, if it's someone that you don't know, then there's a higher risk there as well. But you, you have to decide for yourself whether or not what's happening is going to be worth the risk. You have to decide if you're going to attend type of gathering that has uh, those folks around, or if you're going to invite people that you're not sure where they've been to. Yeah. The, the higher risk ones are going to be indoor, packed, lots of people. That's still going to be higher risk because there's no way there's going to be know that everyone there has been vaccinated or they may be carrying the the coronavirus and they're, they're asymptomatic. So even outdoors, if there's large crowds, like festivals or fairs, uh, large parties, you still have to watch out because you, you, you sorts of gatherings. I've been to, to outdoor fireworks uh, displays mm-hmm. as well. People are packed. The air doesn't move very much. Movement is slow. So you're hanging around people for a long period of time and, and you, you just don't know what their status is either. So just think about the situation that you're going to be in. And you have to decide for yourself about whether or not you want to take that risk. But there's other things that you can think about that may also help to reassure you. Just think about those those circumstances. That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Have you been vaccinated? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as it was available to us healthcare providers, then, then I got the vaccine. Yes. Um, and, and I think it, uh, most of us did. Yes, me too. I, I think I got mine in December. I was... Um, one of the first, and more recently, my twenty-three-year-old um, son got his first um, vaccine. And I will tell you, even though he's twenty-three, I was—I wanted him to get it before summer because he's going to be doing a lot of traveling this summer, and it made me nervous. Yep. So um, I'm happy that he will have that before he starts, you know, tromping around the country, acting like a twenty-three-year-old. Um, <laughs> But I'm also happy that he can do it this year. You know, last year that was not not in the cards. So we've got progress, but we have to be diligent and be mindful as we move forward. Fair statement? Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely fair. What else do you want to leave us with? Anything on this topic? You know, a, a lot of people are concerned about the vaccines. Uh, there's a lot of people who have questions about the vaccines. Yes. And, and, and the, vac- the, the questions are legitimate. And there's a lot of information floating out there. What I typically suggest is that if you have a question about these things, then ask someone that you trust. If you have a doctor that you see on a regular basis or someone that you know in the medical field, it's better for you to ask questions for those folks. Uh, because you know, if you trust them, if you trust what they say, if you trust their background, trust their knowledge, then you'll trust their answer. You know, mm-hmm. It's hard to gauge sometimes when you read things uh, on the Internet or in different locations whether what you're hearing is right or, 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 or not. Yeah. But it's better to hear this from someone else that you trust uh, so that you can actually make a more informed decision. Uh, there's no question that is stupid or dumb. You just ask the question. That way you can feel better about the decision that you made your mind up with uh, and then you can move forward. And I think it says a lot. It's actually why I ask you if you had been vaccinated, because I think people, you're given advice, but have you taken it? And that I think that should go a long way that 
put your money where your mouth is or however they say that. Um, you, uh, yeah. You're willing yeah. to do it. So you trust right. it. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I trust it, yes. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a stranger talking to you on the phone. Uh, and, and the folks in the audience, they don't know me either. Uh, and I, I, I've taken the vaccine, but it's, it has a lot more weight when you get that same message from someone that you know sure. uh, and that you trust. And that's why it's worthwhile asking that question of those individuals in your life uh, that, that you trust. Although I would encourage our listeners to Google you. You have a very nice video. Um, which you're, you're talking about, you know, um, interviewing caregivers when you see your patients, um, and you do work for a highly respected organization. Um, so I think we can trust you. I think you're trustworthy, but I hear what you're saying. Um, talk to somebody that you know firsthand if you have questions. And here's what I'll say. This, this is Lisa, not the doctor. This is the world according to the Lisa. You're either going to get the vaccine or you're going to get the virus. Um, or you're going to get very lucky and you might win the lottery and not get either. But, but, um, you know, ultimately you're making a decision, um, that's going to have long ranging effects. And we do know that people who have had the virus are struggling with, um, symptoms and respiratory issues and heart issues and cognitive issues, um, after the fact. So we don't know the long-range effects of the virus either. Um, We're catching up here. So again, that's not what the doctor told you. That's what Lisa told you. Um, But the doctor did say he trusts the vaccine. And once you get it, then you have to be selective about your choices in terms of socializing and and, um, having contact with people. We know one thing 2020 taught us Human contact is so important um, to our emotional and mental well-being. So we missed it. And it's exciting to be able to look forward to the future and think that maybe we will get back to what we once considered normal. Doctor, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your expertise. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Listeners, we hope you learned something and enjoyed the program. Till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.